All right. Welcome to North Point. I feel like I need to apologize for wearing a partial suit to church. I have a, a wedding. My brother is getting married as soon as I leave here today, and I'm kind of filling in his uh, his and her pastor over in Cedar Town has COVID, and so uh, I'm a number two guy, <laughs> next man up, and so I'm doing that today. I do want to welcome everyone. I want to also add to the thing. We've got a praise report. Angie got her. Angie Pardo got her five-year cancer-free uh, checkup today. Uh, also, um, remember Rhonda, Rhonda and Taylor, and uh, their other daughter. What's Coley? Their grand uh, Rhonda's dad passed away. Remember them in, in your prayers. I'm used to them sitting there, and I couldn't place them. But remember them in your prayer. Just a lot going on, and and uh, we miss everyone. I want to welcome some some folks here all the way from Niagara Falls, uh, and and they're glad for, glad for them to be here. And uh, I'll get going. I got my apology away for the suit, and uh, now we'll get going. I wasn't going to wear the jacket and the tie. I thought that was just a little too much. I thought y'all might uh, excommunicate me next week and, and, and put me out. All right. Guys, I want to start with a short series uh, today and, and on about clarifying God's vision for our future, your future, and mine. Uh, we've been talking a lot about, about vision in, in our elders group and how we're, we're kind of rebooting and kind of uh, getting started again, may even be going back and, and looking at some things, and we're pretty excited about, about where we believe God has taken us. We're going to be in and out of the book of Acts in, in, uh, in, in this whole year, 2021. We're going to, today we're going to kind of look at uh, Paul's courtroom testimony real quickly, real briefly to, to King Agrippa. Paul explained how Jesus Christ had transformed him he, that he used to be a terrorist uh, against Christians, and and now he said, "I'm kind of like a Christian missionary," and which was really extreme, and that was his testimony, and he details the the vision that Jesus Christ had had given him, and then he finishes up with this, and the, and the top of your outlines, if you got it, I'm gonna get this thing settled in here. Paul said this: "I have not been disobedient to the vision." That God gave me. And, and, and I love the way that the message translation puts it here. He says, what else could I do, King Agrippa? I couldn't just walk away from a vision like that, so I obeyed it. What could I do? I had to obey it. And as your pastor, who loves you, I want to, to help you to be able to say the same thing. On the day that you and I stand before God, that we have fulfilled the vision that he has given us. I want us to be able to say that. And, and guys, here's what I know. You and me, we cannot fulfill, fulfill the vision until we can see it and understand it. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, 
the people perish. The people perish. What does that mean? You know, I think there's three results of not having a vision. If you want to get your little finger and start writing it in on the Bible app here. And, and I know you guys have been waiting on a blank to fill in for a long time. And, and then we get it. So an unclear vision leads to this. I think three things. First, it leads to indecision. An unclear vi uh, vision leads to indecision. James 1.8. Y'all remember James. was in it a long time. Double-minded people can't make up their minds. They waver back and forth in everything that they do. Guys, without a vision... You and me, we're just, we're just drifting. We're not really living. We're just existing with no goal and, and no purpose, no plan or, or meaning. We just kind of let life happen to us. Guys, you and me, we're going to miss opportunities without a vision. And that's a poor stewardship of life. The second thing that, that's going to happen with an unclear vision is this. Number two, write this in, division. Division's going to happen. An unclear vision causes people to go different ways. They cause them divided. Guys, if you aren't sure where you're headed, don't expect anyone to follow. You get it? Don't expect anybody to follow. Proverbs 28.2 says, When a country is in chaos... Everybody has a plan to fix it, but it takes a, boy, I can tell that around the, uh, around the table at the diner, amen? Everybody got a plan to fix it, but it takes a leader of real understanding to straighten things out. It takes a leader of real understanding. Vision is the answer to division, amen? Vision is the answer. The third thing that happens when you have an unclear vision is this, collision. Without a clear vision for your life, it's inevitable. At some point, you're going to crash. At some point, you're going to come to a dead end. Whether it's a relational collision, whether it's a, a financial collision, whether it's a personal collision. You're going to get hit from all sides. And the Bible warns us of the damage of not following God's vision of our lives in 1 Timothy, it says this, Some have refused to let their faith guide their conscience, and their faith has been destroyed like a wrecked ship. It's pretty plain, isn't it? Like a wrecked ship. I tell you, on the other hand, vision requires work. It requires work. But here's what you're gonna, what's going to happen. You're going to see things clearly. You're going to see things clearly with vision. And I'm talking about having eyes of faith and not fear. Having eyes of faith and not fear. Jesus got a lot to say uh, about how we should see things. He, he uses the word blindness a lot. And blindness is, is, a, blindness is a metaphor through, throughout the Bible that, uh, for having a closed mind and, and not being open to, to new ideas. Matthew 6, 22 and 23, Jesus said this, Your eyes are the lamp of your body. If your eyes are open and good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your vision is bad, your whole life will be full of darkness. And if the light you think you have is really darkness, it's the worst kind of darkness 
that you can have if you don't really see things clearly or correctly or truthfully. You may think you're living in the light, but you're really not. You're really living in the worst kind of darkness there is. You're missing all the, the wonderful things that God has in store for you. You're missing all the wonderful things that God has in store for your future. You just can't see it. You heard the expression, what you see is what you get. Have y'all heard that? Yeah, y'all can say, yeah. yeah. What you see is what you get. It's kind of a biblical statement. We're going to look at a lot of scripture uh, throughout these next few weeks, you, you know, about this during this series. But today's just kind of the introduction. I'm just getting started. I'm just priming the pump, as they say. You, you know, and, and, and the, we're going to, we're, today we're going to talk about a story in the Old Testament, well, one of my favorite, where the Jewish slaves were, were freed uh, by God. They had been in, in Egypt for, what, 400 years? 400 years they had been, been enslaved. And we're going to look at, at, at Numbers, uh, uh, in the book of Numbers 13 and 14. Now, just give you a little background. You know, God had, had promised the, the, these freed slaves, slaves a homeland of their own. They called it the promised land. The promised land. And it represents the, their future. It represents their inheritance. That God wanted them to, to enjoy. And it became the land of Israel as we know it today. After crossing the desert, the Red Sea, they came to the edge of the, the promised land. And, and Moses chose 12 representations of each tribe. To, to go, representatives of each tribe to go uh, ahead of them. And, and kind of spy out the land. And then he wanted them to return with a vision report. So come back and let us know what you, what? See. Let us know what you see. So find out everything you can, you know, and come back and, and, and even bring back some samples of, of everything that you see. Numbers 13, 17 through 20 says this. Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the new land. Go northward through the Negev into the hill country and see what the land is like and find out whether the, the people living there are strong or weak. Uh, few or many. I, I, I wrote a, something wrong there. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there many trees? And either, enter the land boldly. And bring back samples of the crops that you see. Putting that in mind, you see, you see. Well, why did Moses do this? Well, first of all, because Moses was a, was a great leader. Because here's what I know and I learned from Moses. Before people can, can succeed with a goal, they have to see the goal. You, get, you see what I'm saying? Before we can succeed with it, we got to see the goal. We can only accomplish the impossible if we first see it in our minds. 
Everything, I've told you this before, everything that's ever happened in the, in the course of time, everything that's ever been uh, accomplished in history starts with an idea in somebody's mind. It, it starts as someone visualizes it first. Verses 21 through 23 says, So they spied out the land all the way from the wilderness up to Hebron. There they saw the Almanites, the Shishites, and the Talmites, all families descended from Anak. When they came to a show, they cut down a cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it back on a pole. They also took samples of pomegranates and figs. They saw, they saw the promised land was so fruitful and it was prosperous. This giant fruit. Can you imagine grapes you had to carry out on a pole like a hog? <laughs> These are some grapes. And they saw it. Verse 25, 26 says, After seeing the land for 40 days, the men returned. Oh, 40 days again. There's that number 40. The men returned to Moses and Aaron and the people of Israel waiting at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land, seeing. This was a vision trip. It was vision. Now, all this sounds really promising, don't it? It really does. But there, there's a problem. And it has to do with the vision. Two of the 12 spies, Joshua and, and, and Caleb, they looked at their future with eyes of faith. But the other ten spies, they looked at their future with eyes of fear. Now, guys, we're looking at the rest of 2021 to get started. And for me, I know last week we were here first, but this is the kickoff of, of our best year. This is the kickoff of our best year at North Point. We got so much to do. God's got so much for, for us to do. And I want to say, are we looking at, and I want us to be looking at 2021 with eyes of faith and not eyes of fear. Amen? We're looking at that. So, I got to ask you, are you expecting more of the same? Or are you expecting none of the same? I'm expecting none of the same. None of the same. I think another question I have for you is, is how you see this year. Really not a question, a statement. How you see the rest of this year will make all the difference in the world. Your perspective. Your vision. This story shows us what happens when your, your vision is, is based on fear. when it's based on faith. I'm going to tell you something, guys. Working or, or, or even looking at the future with the eyes of fear causes problems. It causes big problems. And I got about four or five listed here. I want you to write these down. Get to fill in some blanks again. Looking at the future with eyes of fear, number one, it causes us to do this. I overemphasize the negative in my life. 
That's important. Write that down somewhere. I, if I look with eyes of fear, I overemphasize the negative in my life. Y'all follow me? You feel me? This verse 13, 27, 28 says, This was their report to Moses. We arrived in the land you sent us to see, and it is indeed a magnificent country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is some of the fruit is proof, but the people living there are powerful, and their cities and towns are fortified and very large. We also saw the Anakin. This, somebody told me that was something like the Skywalkers. Is that right? I'm not a nerd like some of you guys, but it has... I really don't think it has nothing to do with that. We also saw the Anakin descendants of Anak who are living there. And only the nerds got that joke. <laughs> only the nerds. But you, you saw how it started off real good. And he says, but. Everything's great over here. But. The eyes of fear Eyes of fear came over. Guys, when you overemphasize the negative, it just creates more stress in your life. Do you get it, guys? When you overemphasize the negative, it creates more fear. When you look at things with fear, that just means your glass is half empty. Instead of being grateful and happy because the glass has got a little left in it. You look at the glass half empty. So, guys, I'm saying as your pastor, look what's left. Don't look what's gone. Look what you have left. I know, I know, I know life is filled with negatives. It's broken by sin. And not all news is, 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 is positive. But here's what I do know. We have a choice of what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the bad news. We're going to focus on the good news. Because that's going to direct our future. What we choose to, to focus on. Twelve delivered positive news. All twelve delivered positive news. But ten of them delivered negative news. So you might as well say two delivered all positive news news here's what i know about negative news all you got to do is look at look at uh social media negative news travels faster negative news goes throughout the camps here's the second thing that we do when we look at through eyes of fear number two i pay too much attention to what others are doing i pay too much attention to what others are doing i'm gonna say that again when I look at through eyes of fear, I pay too much attention to what other people are doing. Amen? Amen. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan River. Those negative Nellies wasn't focused on the land. They had gotten into what we call now the scarcity mentality. You know what they're saying? They won't be enough for us. Those guys, all those ites, they done took over the choice land. 
there's nothing going to be left for us. There's no, I can't do that. There's no work for me there. There's no job for me there. I can't find the man there. All the good men are gone. Angie got the last one. But that's the scarcity mentality. <laughs> I guarantee you. You can raise your hand. No, don't raise your hand. I guarantee you some of you are still using toilet paper that you bought last March when this happened. <laughs> Am I right? I guarantee you you are. Bought a truckload. Still using it. <laughs> scarcity mentality and if we look at the rest of this year with eyes of fear we'll all develop a scarcity mentality and that's just going to create stress you know there's a lot of opportunity in front of us a lot of opportunity don't let you don't let them folks don't pay attention to what others are doing you seize those opportunities. You look with the eyes of faith. What's the number the third thing we do? I underestimate the abilities that God has given me. When we look with the eyes of fear, we underestimate that what he's done for us and what he's given us. That what he enables us to do. Fear. Fear just causes you and me to just, just bury our talent. Just bury it. Numbers 13, 31 says, But the men who had gone up with Caleb said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. They're stronger than we are. We can't. They're under, underestimating their own ability. Did you know that the folks that say, I can't, and the folks that say, I can are both right. They're both right. You see, fear causes self-fulfilling prophecy. Both of you are right. And vision based on fear limits you. Vision based on fear causes you to miss opportunity. It causes you to waste talent that God has put inside of you because of fear. Just fear. Self-fulfilling prophecy. When you say I can or I should, I mean I can't, it's a self-defeating prediction. Job 3.25 says, Job said this, what I have always feared has happened to me. What I have dreaded has now come to be. What are you setting yourself up for the rest of this year? How are you seeing yourself? How are you seeing your own abilities? Do you see them as adequate? Do you see them as inadequate? Are you looking at your life in faith? Are you looking at it in fear? Fear. Based 
vision made these spies, those ten spies, see themselves as inadequate. Numbers 13, 32b and 33. Where are we at here? I done got excited. Oh, they said, the land we explored devours. I like that word, devours. Devours those living in it. All the people we saw there of great size. We saw giants there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Devours. You know what that means? It means devours. It means eat up. He said, great size. We saw giants. But these folks seen themselves as insects. Grasshoppers. Wanting to be devoured. That's pretty pathetic. The way they thought of themselves. It was a, a pretty pathetic self-image. Bug? A bug. And what's bad is, is they said, we look, we felt, we look like grasshoppers and they even seen us as grasshoppers. I felt like a bug, so they saw a bug. A bug? All they're doing is, is just projecting their fears on their enemies. They see bugs because they feel like a bug. A bug? That's fear-based vision. If you think you look a certain way, then you think everybody else sees you that way. Ain't one thing for sure. You ain't never going to hear me say, I look like a bug. <laughs> I look like a bug. Uh-uh. I'm not ready to be devoured. Are y'all ready to be devoured? No. Let me give you nothing real quick before my time runs up. I infect others with my negativity. Can I get a big amen? amen? If I don't have a clear vision, I infect others with my negativity. Because fear is contagious. Fear is contagious. It can be, parents, it can be passed down from generation to generation. Numbers 13, 32 says, spread a bad report about the land they had explored. They spread a bad report. They didn't just keep it to themselves. It was negative. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you're afraid, you start talking negative stuff. When you're afraid, you start complaining. When you're afraid, you start griping. The Bible tells you and I not to have what? It tells us not to hang out with negative people. Did y'all know that? It tells us not to hang out with negative people. I'm going to tell you something. In 2020, I had to stop hanging out with some folks because of all these, these conspiracy theories that were coming out. It was all kind of conspiracy theories, and many Christians were falling for them. Lots of them. And I'm going to tell you something. I got tired of listening to them. 
So I had to stop hanging out with you. Somebody goes, oh, that's why I haven't seen you in a while. That's why I stopped stopping by your house. There was more conspiracy theories out. And it was just all negative. Made me feel bad. It, 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 it made me mad at everybody. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I said, stop that. I stopped listening to negative news. Look what Isaiah said about it. Don't say that everything people call a conspiracy is a conspiracy. And do not fear what they fear. Don't let it terrify you. Don't let it terrify you. Number five. If I look through the eyes of fear, I just make myself miserable. Amen? I just make myself miserable. Look what happened. Numbers 14. Then all the people began weeping aloud. And they cried all night. And they grumbled and complained in great chorus against their leaders, Moses and Aaron. We wish we had died in Egypt. Or even in the wilderness, they wail. This is terrible. This is terrible. This is a full-blown pity party. That's all this is. This verse is very important. I'm telling you, it's, it's very important. You can know how you look to the future. With eyes of fear instead of faith. This verse gives us four warning signs to let us know. I'm going to tell you what they are. If you're, if you're looking at your future with eyes of fear, number one, it says sadness increases. Sadness increases. You become depressed. That's the first warning sign that you're looking through eyes of fear. Then the second warning sign is complaining increases. You guys complaining a lot? Some of you are. Complaining increases. You're afraid is why you complain. Third warning sign is this. You start second guessing your leaders. Man, you done made me mad, Jim. If you're looking at your, at your future with eyes of fear, you second guess your leaders. He said, Moses and Aaron then got us out here in the wilderness. See, here's, here's another big warning sign. You want to go back. I'd rather be in Egypt. I'd rather be enslaved than out here with them. These are signs you're living in fear and not faith. Well, what's the antidote, Jim? You really beat me down today. The antidote is this. Develop a vision of faith. We're going to talk more about this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I'm, I'm closing up. Develop a life vision of faith. We've got to see with the eyes of faith. Faith. Two guys. Two guys. The minority. They come back with a positive report, Joseph and Caleb. Let me tell you something about them. They were the only two of those 12 that would see the promised land. Every, every one of them died. They wouldn't see the promised land for another 40 years. 
They waited for another generation. 13.30 says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go at once and take possession of the land right now. We can certainly do this right now. Right now. He said, Caleb said, do it right now. I'm going to tell you what that is. Caleb is saying this. We got to stop defeating ourselves with the, the paralysis of analysis. Sometimes we overthink things. Sometimes we overthink and we won't go and we're paralyzed by analysis. You defeat fear not by arguing against your fears. You defeat fear by movement. You defeat fear uh, by opposing it. By moving against what you fear the most. So don't discuss it. Oppose it. Oppose it. Six and nine. Joshua said, look what Joshua said. I like Joshua too. This other cool guy that made it. We saw the land ourselves and it's very good. If we obey the Lord, he will surely give us that land rich with milk and honey. So don't rebel. We have no reason to be afraid of the people who live there. The Lord is on our side and they don't stand a chance against us. He said, depend on the promises of God. I'm going to tell you something, guys. One, one plus God is a majority. Amen? One plus God is a majority. But sadly, the people chose the majority. The people chose the majority out of fear. They look into the eyes of fear. The minority had a report of faith. But those guys all died in the desert the next 40 years until a new generation grew up and crossed over into the promised land. Joshua and Caleb were allowed to go see it. The only two. Hebrews 3.19 says, So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. One of the saddest verses in the Bible to me that all those people just weren't able to enter. Why do you think that's sad, Jim? Because it makes me wonder what blessings I've missed. It makes me wonder what opportunities that I've missed because of, of my unbelief. Of what blessings that I've missed because of my vision sometimes of fear. And I got to ask you guys, what blessings are you missing out on? Because of your unbelief. Because of your fear. What are you afraid of? Start seeing your future with eyes of faith and not eyes of fear. Well, before we close it, it's obvious some of you may be in, you say, that's great, Jim. That's a great motivational speech, but where do I start? Well, you start with Jesus Christ. 
That's the very starting point is to place your belief in Jesus Christ and your trust and your hope in the future. Have a purpose for living. John 3, 3, Jesus said this, unless you are born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. You have to be born again. What does that look like? You ask forgiveness and place your faith in Jesus Christ and you become part of the family of God and you're born again. Stop listening to your feelings. Stop living in fear and start trusting. Start trusting. Last verse. John eleven forty. Didn't I tell you that you will see God's glory if you believe? There's that vision again. You'll see. If only you believe. If only you'll believe today, you'll see God's glory. You'll see his glory. That's all I got today. But we're kicking off 2021. It's a new day. I know it's March. But we're kicking off with a new vision. We're going to live with eyes of faith and not fear. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I pray that we have eyes like Joshua and Caleb. That we would always remember that one plus you is a majority. And we can't lose as long as you're on our side. Pray for vision, your vision. It's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Mm -hmm.